Welcome to our first, uh, very first live interview of Word From Home. I've been meaning to do this for about a month or so since I started uh, during quarantine. Our guest for today is one of my mentors, one of my really good friends, someone that I really look, um, really look up to. Uh, we're at his home here in, um, in Western Sydney. Rein Reinhard Badass Badado, former WBC, WBW. KBF World Muay Thai champ and coach and owner of Full Force Gym out here in Blacktown in Sydney, Australia. Welcome, Ren. Thank you. <laughs> Ren, um, yeah, so like I was saying, he's a great friend. We, we probably see each other nearly every day, um, almost every day, and I've gr grown up in the Full Force Gym. First and foremost, how have you been with everything? I'm you? doing great. Um, it was good. That, uh, no, it's not really good, but... Yeah, yeah. You know, you try to see the the lighter things in light, you know, in life, you know, um, the brighter things. And yeah. and I've taken a lot of advantages um, with this lockdown. Mm -hmm. Number one is the family. Yeah. Um, spend a lot of time with them, especially with the kids. Yeah. You know, um, I'm buying things that I've never bought before, like push bikes and accessories like that. Go biking with them. Yeah, yeah. Take them to tracks and just a lot of stuff. Basketball um, rings and courts in here. In the front yard, yeah. play ball with them, uh, something like that. I haven't done with them for, for a long time, and um, it's it was it was a good refresher. It's yeah. been good. It's, there's there has been silver linings. I know everyone's been going through so many different um, some hard times as well. Yeah. Uh, even you with um with the gym. How has it been since uh, since coronavirus and the quarantine has occurred? Yeah. Well, business wise, uh, just like everybody else in Australia. Uh, or the whole world, everyone's taken a hit. Yeah. Everyone suffered. Um, our business suffered, but I've, I'm, I'm just trying to take advantage of it. You know, mm -hmm. trying to have fun in the same time. Uh, you know, lucky for us, my, my missus and I, you know, we we learned to save for rainy days. Yeah. So you know, the first the first few weeks wasn't really we weren't really worried, especially you know with Christine, my beautiful wife. <laughs> She's she's still working she's working at home yeah, yeah. so she's the breadwinner right now <laughs> you know and I'm, I'm just the 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 hot housewife i'm the mailman the pool boy the milkman you name it you love my me. dad my dad's been laid off as well and he's just been at home doing all the housework yeah and you see the memes out there social media saying like all the things that you've been put off that your missus told you to do clean the backyard <laughs> build this build that and i'm like yeah I'll do it tomorrow, and six months later, it's still there. Well, you didn't get any housework done around. Oh house? man, now I did. Like yeah. that's what I mean. Before the COVID nineteen, I had nothing done. I kept saying yes this weekend. I'll do it. But, <laughs> but now I'd like to say, and I'm proudly able to say that I've done it all. Put up the, uh, man. Like there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clean the stuff in the kitchen. Um, move certain things. 
but uh, yeah, even gym improvement, home improvement, gym. I've done it and spent a lot of time with the kids. So yeah, man, it's I'm enjoying it, but um, now I'm just getting itchy to really, really get back to work, and uh, sure. I'm excited now. Well, I see that some states are opening. Hopefully, we we're opening here in Sydney soon. Yeah, um, yeah. I miss the gym a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. God. Miss, missing everyone in the mornings and getting it out of the way but it's been a big part of my life so yeah, yeah definitely hopefully it opens um ren tell us about yourself where'd you grow up uh, as a kid where, where did i grow up where'd you grow well, up um, i was born in a little small town in philippines called lukban yep in Quezon province that's in the south of manila south of manila yeah yep. so not Quezon city but Quezon province mm -hmm. so near lucena or santa cruz yeah somewhere there mm -hmm. yeah and uh it's just a small town and where everyone knew each other so for me of uh, you know every time i come i come home there which is almost every year you know it always feels like home i i i feel happy when i'm there i look forward to coming there i get the chills when i can see all the surroundings near the, the road in the in the jungle and the town starting to pop up all the houses bit by bit i'm like i'm i'm home you it's know? very province um province until today it still is i mean like people has multiplied but uh um i can see that the the ethic is still there you know, the small yeah. country town and you know the oldies still knows each other but mm. there's obviously there's a lot of people and now it's kind of like a, a well-known um little town because of the they had some tourist attraction stuff there so yeah i mean like a lot of people from all over the country comes there but yeah. it's still my you know my little hometown yeah and you're the eldest of four uh siblings yeah, you vaughn uh vaughn michael and, and michelle, michelle. Yeah. but you're the only one that was born there right no no the whole three of us uh, we born were born in a house boys? not all in the hospital yeah all three of us all mm -hmm. the three boys michelle the youngest one she's the only one who's um who are made in australia yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then at what age did you guys move over and immigrate to Australia? I came here at 11 or almost 10 years old, or yeah. almost 11 years old by uh, uh, year five. And I came here towards the end of year five, um, October, and then finished year five and then year six straight away. Yeah. And we moved into Dalich Hill, um, Dalich Hill High School. And yeah, it was good there. Year six, seven, eight, and nine, and then 10, 11, and 12. We went to, uh, we moved to Riverston. Mm -hmm. And uh, back then, Riverston was like a little, also like a little town. So it, run, it reminded me a little bit of Lukban, but um, obviously Australian version. Yeah. And it was great, you know. Um, I loved it there. It still uh, kind of feels country town out there, but it is very... Yeah, well, it has to you guys it has, but yeah. for us who's been there for a long time, uh -huh. it's it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. becoming like, like here now in yeah. the, the Sydney's West. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But no, it was still, you know... Uh, it's still home to me. My mom still lives there. Um, we all moved out. All the the little hatchlings, you know, so all the little eagles had to fly off the mother's nest. And we all done that. And now we all got our own little nests as well. Um, all around Sydney. My sister Michelle is now in Coogee. Yeah, yeah. Coogee Beach. And then um, me here in Woodcroft. Michael in... Out west. More, even more somewhere out west, west yeah. <laughs> Rob's Crossing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Vaughn's there somewhere as well in the West. So, yeah, man, but it's, it's good. We're still together. We keep in contact. I mean, I think because of the gym, um, that's mainly what really kept us close together in the last 10 to 15 to 20 years. Yeah. Uh, because it's kind of like our point of contact. Yeah. I think without the gym, 
you know, we'd still see each other only in the weekends, but um, because of the gym, every day, nearly, you know, yeah, nearly every day we see each other there. Yeah. yeah. Take us, take us back to the very start of Full Force Gym. You guys, when the, when you guys opened and how you started, you know, actually tell tell us more about how you started kickboxing first, and then ultimately led to the opening of yeah. Full Force Gym. Well, um, back in high school, even as a kid, I've always been fascinated with all those. Yeah. Jackie Chan movie, mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes movie, all of that, you know, um, I've liked, I've always wanted to do something like that, yeah. you know, but um, my mom and dad, you know, only one income in the family, my mom was a housewife, my dad, so we couldn't really afford to, to, to go to a, you know, to a gym or a martial arts studio, yeah. so, you know, I just waited and then, um, you know, just played basketball. I love playing basketball, being a little Filipino, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But then, uh, you know, and plus also that's the early 90s to mid 90s. So that was the Michael Jordan days, you know. That was yeah, the yeah. era. So it was really captivating, mm-hmm. you know. So it was good. And I felt like, you know, now with my experience now, I think playing basketball really helped because, you know, the, having the quick body, the quick agility, yeah. but also being, you know, skinny at the same time yeah. you know so i've always been that skinny little kid but um, when i finished high school um doing a part-time university tafe as well and um and then also having a part-time work and um i actually worked as part-time in in mcdonald's yeah um and i've put on a lot of weight <laughs> you know i was still skinny with a with a big stomach yeah. <laughs> it didn't suit You're my body and, and i was chubby in the face yeah so I wasn't happy with my body, you know, for around five to six months after high school. So by mid-year of, you know, that year, I just decided, you know what, I should do something. And I started off um, doing boxing in the local PCYC in Blacktown. And um, that was great. I really enjoyed it. But um, like there was coaches there. There was a a handful of coaches, uh, but there were two. They don't really train you unless you're a fighter. So you got to kind of like do, do it yourself. There's the punching bag do it yourself mm-hmm. you know so that was kind of like the motto back then in the um, mid 90s yep. so unless you're a fighter they'll look after you but if you're not a fighter back then you know they'll have a chat with you but they'll give you a few pointers but they really spend most of their time as you know as you would as a coach with your own fighter yep. so i was just like mimicking um all the fighters there trying to copy all this stuff and then the um, the coaches will ask me you look like you're you got the potential to learn a lot and become a fighter. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And I'm like, man, I don't want to be a fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too scared, no, man. I'm just doing this to lose weight, yeah. to lose my belly. And I think, you know, you can't blame those coaches. You know, like, it's very demanding to be a fighter. So mm-hmm. they spend more time with them and not, not time with the non-fighters. So I did that for a few months, like probably two or three months, uh, me and my brother Vaughn. So, because I, I always... Whatever it is that I'm into, and if I like it, and if I think that my brothers will benefit from it, yeah. I always try to bring them along. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know it's, it's just like any, anything. Yeah. If it's something good happening, you want your family to to be part of it. Mm, you know, sure. so that's how me and my brother started, me and Vaughn, and then um, yeah, I went to a local. Uh, one of my mates asked me to go to a local Muay Thai kickboxing gym. Yeah, and I'm like, what's that? <laughs> oh, you gotta kick, you gotta do this, and straight away in my mind, I'm like. Yeah, the Van Damme movies. Check it out. I go, let's check it out. And I went there and uh, I got to admit, the, 
it was it was a hard session you know everything they did i couldn't even skip i didn't even know how to skip properly i thought i knew how to skip yeah, yeah. just skipping i found it hard and uh, it felt like everyone was laughing at me but when i look around everyone's just too busy doing their own thing yeah. so i thought wow man this this place is pretty cool you know um, everyone's lovely and the training was great the very next day i remember waking up and every it felt like every muscle my forearm my, my biceps triceps my chest my legs it was like wow yeah. i had a big smile on my face yeah. oh that's gotta be the best workout because yeah. i thought i've been doing boxing and um sometimes if you punch hard enough a lot your your back will hurt a little mm. bit from punching and yeah. in your arms but everything hurt and i'm like that's gonna be the best workout and definitely i know if i do this and i stick to it i'm gonna lose my stomach i'm gonna get fit maybe i'm gonna i'm gonna look hot yeah, yeah. And maybe by then, I will. Oh, actually, no. I already have a girlfriend back then. <laughs> but maybe I can, you know, attract other girls, yeah. you know. But um, yeah, it was it was good. You know, I, I had a good time, and then um, so I I called up. So that first night, actually, I went by myself. Second night, I got my girl, my girlfriend back then, mm -hmm. which is my wife now, yeah. Christine. I said, Chris, you gotta come. Uh, no, those things are only for for guys. I go, man, there was a lot of girls there. You're gonna love it you know yeah. you've always liked all this kind of stuff as well i know what you like you're gonna love this and she's like i'll just come and watch and go, no no bring your stuff so she bought her stuff and she ended up training and same thing after training she was like wow that's gotta be the best worker we were punching we were kicking we were throwing knees and elbows we were skipping we were running we were jumping up and down that's gotta be the best worker and i'm like i yeah. told you so the next day my body was just going down and down because, uh -huh. uh, you know, um, it was two days in a row of hard workout, you know, and I remember Christine being sore as well. And she's like, oh, man, my body. I'm like, yeah, right. It's good, right? She's like, yeah, um, maybe I'm going to give it a rest today. I'm like, okay, that's all right. I'm, I'm going to give um, my brother a call. Mm -hmm. So I called up Vaughn. Vaughn, come down and I'll pick you up from home. After your school, I'll pick you up. And then... um we'll go to this place, it's a kickboxing place. And I was like, ooh, sounds exciting. I go, mate, I did it for two days in a row, I'm really sore, you're gonna love it. Back then, Vaughn was in high school. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, so um, I'll probably just go straight off to school, you know, I go, no, no, don't bring your uniform. Just, if you are gonna wear your uniform, bring spare shorts and stuff. And um, I'll, 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 I'll bought a few um, gear, we got our own gloves already, I got, I got you. <laughs> and it's like, all right, you're gonna pay my fees? Go, Come on, man, who's your older brother? You know I would. We went there and man, he loved it as well. So three days in a row. And then I remember that was a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I just, no one wanted to do it anymore. Vaughn was so easy, he'll give it another day. But I'm like, nah, man, I'm into something good. Yeah. You know, I, I like this. Uh -huh. And I can feel my body. I wasn't as good as I was on the first day. And I was very uncoordinated. I think that's what the challenges for me was the, the to be coordinated, you know, the right hook, left hook, uppercut all of that and then you got to mix it with kicks and then the switch kicks it was a lot to remember and i love the challenge i wanted to learn so quick mm. so that's why i came you know and i can't help it i go hard yeah, so yeah. i always last 15 minutes early and then i got to sit down yeah. you know because training was good and hard yeah. you know so i'll never forget my first week of training that was really good you yeah, know yeah. and uh to me it's like wow. that's why usually in full force gym when 
when nobody wants to train, I say, man, just come down and train now. Yeah. Or oh, I didn't bring my equipment. I will lend you things. You know, they'll do it. And um, usually after training, I'll be like, I'll stand in front of them and go, what do you think? And they're like, wow, I'm glad I did it. It was awesome. I'm like, yeah, give it in, man. And that's it. So um, it's everything like that. And before you know it, they'll keep coming back because I know how it feels like. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, it was great. And then um, a few weeks or even a few months later, um, this little kid in the family goes, Kuya, can I please come to kickboxing? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I didn't know why I didn't think about it. Because maybe because he was too young and uh, catching the train, just him and Vaughn. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, yeah, all right. Well, I'm Where gonna, would they have to catch the train from? From Riverston, Riverston which was yeah. like a, it's a half an hour walk from our house yeah, yeah. to the to the train station, mm. and then catch the uh, and then catch the train, and then another twenty minute walk from Marion Station to the gym. So it was a it was a bit of a travel, mm. you know. But I'm like, yeah, Michael, if you want to do it, I think yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I didn't think about you doing it because I thought there's too many too much walking for you, you know, for a little kid. Yeah. And I think he was only nine or ten back then. So, anyway, he did it, and man, he he blissed it real quick. Out of all of us, he was the most That's skillful awesome. one. From yeah. now, from even from watching him there, I'm like him and Vaughn were really, really talented. You know, my two younger brothers, bastards. Yeah. They were always been the most in anything that we did. So they were good. But I think that's how it mostly is most of the time. The youngest always picks up all the skills off yeah, the older brothers. Yeah. The older brother has to work the hardest though. <laughs> it is. And well for me, I, I didn't see it as hard work. I I just enjoy the training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never wanted to be a fighter. I just love the training. I just love learning new skills. So I just liked it and I was drawn there to come there every day. I paid yeah. for everybody's membership, you know. Um my two brothers, oh, except for Christine. Christine yeah. paid for her own yes. membership. <laughs> we're only guy, we're only boyfriend and girlfriend. We just started yeah. back then, you know. But and yeah. she knew I couldn't afford. It. I was just an apprentice yeah, making three hundred dollars a week. Yeah. Back then it was a lot of, you know, yeah. it was it was hard living by myself already in Blacktown, you know. Um, yeah, I was just a little apprentice. So that's what I was doing. And then my two brothers and then Christine came. So all of us became a package. And then because I, I had a lot of cool friends here too. I, you know, you like I said, I remember. you know what I'm like, and I'm, I'm, I like when there's something good happening, I want everyone to be a part of it. Yeah, man, especially my, my family and my friends, my yeah. close friends. So I bought many people, hey, man, you got to check it out, man. You got to come. You love it, man. Everyone just started coming. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it was pretty much like that. It was really good. We had a lot of good times. And then I think one day I got asked to do sparring and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to do. They're like, oh man, you just go there and hit people, but they hit your back, so you gotta watch out. I go, oh, just like a fight. And I, I was scared. I was like, all right, I'll do it only because, you know, you told me I'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be all right. And so I did it. Um, I'll never forget my, firing, my first sparring session. Nobody taught us how to spar. There was a handful of people there who's been there for like a few months. I've only been there for a few weeks. Yeah. And the, even the people who's only been there for a few months, they don't know how to control themselves. And the coach was teaching a class. So the head coach was teaching a class. It was just us in the boxing ring, just going, all right, you go first. So we go. And when it was my turn, I did not know how to... <laughs> control is... Yeah. Or no control. I didn't know what sparring was like. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know you're not supposed to go hard. Yeah. And I didn't know how to control myself. So I was like, 
when they go like this, I'm already like that, you know? So it was pretty funny, you know? But I remember going, I was getting hit, and then I just went, and I just exploded, and um, I, I hurt my first opponent, and I thought it was natural. So, you know, and he's like, oh, stop, man, oh, my jaw. I'm like, thank God, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> and then as soon as he walked out, I was about to walk out as well. Yeah. And I think they did it to punish me. Um, one of the senior guys there goes, no, 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 you stay there with a big smile on his face. And I'm like, oh, but I'm tired. No, no, you'll be okay. That's like how it is now. At the gym. That's Remember why, I know. Yeah. And then someone goes hard and then they get all the, all the pros <laughs> yeah, just start jumping in. Okay, you stay there. Yeah, you but stay because you want to go hard and hurt people. <laughs> that was you back then. Yeah, we'll get you to hurt, uh, we'll get someone to hurt you back. <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty much it. And they got someone else who was a little bit more senior. Um, and everyone was bigger than me. I've always been the smallest. Yeah. And then they go there and I just start swinging for the fences <laughs> again. But man, I think I had like, I took on three different people, four people, five people on a six person. This guy, he's been there for years, you know, and he's way smarter. He's got more wisdom, fight wisdom. And I just started swinging uh-huh. as always. And then all he did was relax. He didn't even panic like the others. Even though I was clipping him, I got him a few times, never got faced. And all he does was boop, one little kick, move around. And I'll go swinging. I never threw a single kick. I kept the swinging and he would just relax, boop, yeah. another kick. And I got to admit, it was only so like you probably... you that guy. You I was that, that guy, guy, man. But it was only like four to five kicks, mm. just a solid kick on the right spot. On the fifth kick, I remember going, poof. And I took a step and I went, ah, oh, and I fell down. And I'm like, ah, oh. and I remember, I remember the smile in his face going, ah, oh, okay. And then they picked me up and then goes, next time you go that hard again, <laughs> you go that hard again, um, you know, we're going to go hard on your legs. It looks like no one can beat you right now in the, in the hands department, but your legs. And I'm like, oh, I, and I, I defended myself straight away. Nobody told me what to do. I don't know how to spark. Mm. I didn't even want to spa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from then on, I thought, all right, work on my legs. So, yeah. You just so, got to make adjustments. Like yeah, that. it was good. And um, ever since then, like probably that was about two to three times a week. Yeah. And I just kept on doing it. Yeah. And I slowly knew how to control myself until, you know, until probably three or my fourth um, sparring session, I, I didn't know. Oh, sorry, I knew already how, how, how to, to do. control yourself, yeah. how, to, uh, yeah. how to adjust and yeah. footwork and everything. From that point, how long did it take for you from when you started sparring to actually getting into the ring? Um, from the, my, I'll never forget it because from the very first moment I walked into the gym mm-hmm. until my ready for my first fight was three months. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Wow. So I, yeah, a lot of, nowadays, you know, um, Everyone, I, I, like as a coach, I'd like to take take the time, yeah. you know, to make sure because as a coach, you know, um, it's different these days compared to back in the yeah. uh, 90s. So as a coach, safety first, you know, and um, man, I've got to admit, this is, uh, I know a lot of people might get offended to this, but the old school people will probably back uh, me agree. up. Yeah. But um, you know what, the way I see things now, with all the resources around, with YouTube and Google and all that, everyone knows everything, you know. So younger, younger generations now, when they walk into the gym, they ha- they have skills mm-hmm. and they can they can pick it up real quick. Yeah. They got the skills, 
because of YouTube and re repetitive stuff, watching it and then coming to the gym, the skills are there. For us, it was the opposite. The the guts and the brute force was already there. We were always ready, you know. Mm. We've been into a lot of street fights, so we nightclub fights and all that kind of stuff. So no fight in the ring, but you know, just the the, the edge was already there. It just gotta be a little bit sharpened or maybe smoothed out. And then the skills needs to be worked on. But these days, I think it's the opposite. Yeah, essentially, I yeah. think that that goes with all sports. If you bring it back to basketball, more the the people from the '90s as well, they'll say that they were more tough. They, you know, um, it was much more rougher out then. But they're a lot more talented and skilled now because they've been watching all those yeah. guys from the '90s and just they've got the That's so true, like yeah. the tools and resources like YouTube. But it's it's exact same thing. Yeah. I guess I guess it's it's and modern medicine and all that yeah. other stuff. Yeah, yeah, we had none of that. So. Yeah, man, so I think um, fighters these days or fighters or students these days, they, they have all the resources. They're more skillful. I can see them. They're really, really skillful. Yeah. You know, while back then in our days, we're not that skillful and it takes a long time. But like mentally and physically, we're ready. Yeah. So when I first opened up my gym, I still had the same mentality um, towards my, my new fighters back then. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, mate, if y'all you're fit you know you're, you're fit and you're conditioned and you're not scared you got you know you're you're ready to go out there and, and slug it in yeah. and, and get down and get dirty mm -hmm. and obviously to me as a coach if you can take a hit and keep going without backing down then i think you're ready for your first fight yeah. that's what it was like there back then like you know because usually on your first fight techniques will go out the door anyway you just need to to have that that um yeah that the fire that mongrel in you yeah, yeah. Sure. you need to have that mongrel that that fight that fire you know and yeah so fighters these days they they got a lot of fire but they just need to put it all in one direction yeah, you know yeah. so those are the differences and um i think that's the reason why you know back then from the first moment i walked in to the first fight available for me Three months or the, the difference from a nobody, mm -hmm. you know, three months. But like I said back then, I had a lot of fire, yeah. you know, and same thing, wrong directions. It was everywhere, but, you know, I had a good coach, so I learned to put all my, my attention and all my energy in one spot, which is training and um, sparring. Yeah. That's why I was ready for my first fight. Although I was ready for my first fight, it didn't happen. Mm. Um, I broke my hand. And uh, I had to have a one-year rest. Not really one-year rest, actually, probably eight to nine months rest. Broke my hand. I had to have an operation. And I was in a cast for at least um, three to four months. Yeah. And then my, as soon as the cast came off, I was in the gym again. So that was like March 99 when I finally came. Because 98 is when I was supposed to have my first fight. Yeah. 99, I was ready. And then... Um, 99 March, by June, I had my first fight. So same thing, three months. Whatever it is that I picked up the year before, um, it was good, but I did I did nothing. Can you speak on that fire in your belly, the mongrel that you, you, you talk about and essentially t turns into the badass down the road? Where do you think you got that from? Of maybe my experience. There's, there's a lot, you yeah. know. Um, my experience... Um, 
in in Manila in Philippines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of street fights back oh, then sure. as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you like, it's hot in Philippines. It's a very it's a luxury to have aircon, and we don't have aircon. You know, no, nobody has back then. It's it's otherwise you're in in, in office or something. So. You know, just like any country, like in the Philippines, you're always out in the street, yeah. hanging out with your friends. And I was like, year one, year two, hanging out, you know. Yep. And so, and I've I've been to a, a few fights, yeah. you know, back then. In Australia, though, it was really good. Never been to a single fight. Yep. Um, a lot of like push each other, <laughs> push and shove, but never actually got into a fight. A little basketball push. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. But um, as we grew in high school, I got into a few fights, you know, and I don't encourage that to anybody. But um, I think, you know what I mean, as much as I try to avoid it, because I was that little kid. I yeah, don't yeah. want to get into a fight, you know. I'm the small kid, man. Everyone can beat me. So I'm never the type that, you know, who wants to get into the fight back then. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, when fight does start, you know, I think with my experience back when I was a kid, man, if you hurt me, you know, I've got to hurt you back. I hold grudges, yeah, sure. you know, so... Yeah, I think those are the little bits. And then as you finish high school, you know, you're 18, you're full of testosterone, you're full of ego. Trying to prove yourself to the world. Pretty much. Yeah, that's how it really started. And then back in the early 90s, you know, like mid-90s, you got you got Tupac to listen to. <laughs> you got Biggie and Tupac and all of those, you know, NWA. So I think it just, all of that just got into it. Yeah. And then... Going out to nightclubs and all that, and pretty much that's where I started all my my career. You know, going out nightclubs with your group of friends, those group of friends, it's, yeah, too much testosterone, and, you know, nobody knows each other, you know, it's like, oh, those guys are from Liverpool, <laughs> we're from Blacktown, yeah, yeah. you know. These days, it doesn't happen much because everyone knows each other. You can yes. be in Perth, in the other side of Australia, and you know each other because of social media. You know, Chelsea, oh yeah. Shout out Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was different back then, yeah. you know, and um I think it's changed a lot now. And um so these days I guess, you know, um future fighters or even normal people I guess just don't have to find their fight somewhere else. But you know what man, no matter who you are, no matter where you came from, no matter what you've been through. Mm-hmm there's always some fire inside, you know, especially when you're young, man, you sure. know. So it's just up to you to ignite that fire, make it grow, or maybe other people who's going through a lot of tough stuff, you know, maybe, you know, calm that fire down, you know, and surround yourself with good people. Mm-hmm. And um, number one is, you know, like, you've got to listen, you know, because sometimes, you know, there, there's a handful of kids that comes to the gym Kids as in like teenagers or early 20s. And um, they're full of fire and, and it's awesome. But the only thing is, you know, they they don't listen. Mm-hmm. They, they know everything, mm-hmm. you know. So that's the only thing, you know, that's wrong again, you know, that they need to learn how to adjust their, their attitude, yeah. you know, because, um, man, we're there to help you, you know, to help you direct those energy and strength and anything else that you got. Even the ego, I mean, something, yeah. you know, you can't be a fighter and have no ego, yeah. you know, so, 100%. you know, sometimes I get a phone call going, oh man, I want to go to a gym, um, there's got no, there's no this, there's no that, and definitely no ego, and I'll tell them, I go, look man, uh, any gyms that you go to with, with fighters, you know, um, 
I think ego is um, essential into it, you know. Um, as, sound, as bad as it sounds, but to be a fighter, you've got to have that extra, you know, backup in you. And uh, most of the things are ego because I think without ego, for me personally, without ego, I probably wouldn't have um, fought. Yeah. Um, I probably, you know, I got a lot of fire, but I don't, I'm almost too scared to jump in the ring until someone goes, mate, you got, you got the skills, you should do it. Yeah. But I'm scared, man, I don't want to do it. It's always been stuck in my head. But then part of me, the ego of Reinhardt is like, man, you got all these skills. Even because back then they already had fighters. And they had fighters and you're beating him inspiring. You're literally making a mock out of them. And yet they're fighting and they're winning. And you're not a fighter. How bad does that look? Yeah. And that was to me, I was telling that to myself. Yeah. I watched this guy. We started at the same time. And he put up his hand to fight. And in my head, I'm like, I beat him up all the time. <laughs> I beat him up in sparring. He's not going to win. Yeah, yeah. And well, he, he wins. So in my head, I'm like, fluke. <laughs> you know, fluke. That's the ego. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. ego. And then second fight, he won again. And I'm like, all right, let's see. If it happens the third time, then definitely it's not fluke. And then he won the third time. Yeah. And then that's when it really, really hit my ego going, What's what kind of what's happening to you, Reinhard? You know, you're you're now now it's almost three months. You you're pretty much everyone in the gym knows you now because you're you know well, I, I had that skills yeah, where, yeah, oh, yeah. that personality where I I love talking to people. Yeah. So yeah, man, I'm like everyone knows you. You look good on pads. You look good inspiring, but you've never been in a ring. And all those guys that you you beat up inspiring has fought and won. And you still haven't been in the ring. And someone, I think, told me, oh, in church, there was a preacher preaching about horses. Yeah. And what kind of a horse are you if you were a horse? You know, there's a work horse and there's a um, show pony. Who are you? <laughs> and then that stuck in my head. I'm like, well, I look good on pads to do demonstrations. <laughs> Inspiring, I do okay. I'm pretty good, but I've never fought. And then I just went, I'm a show pony. <laughs> I'm a pony. And that word really stuck in my head. Like my ego really got crunched. Yeah, yeah. So I woke, up to, I woke up to my coach, my trainer, and I said, put me in. Put me in. I, I want to I fight. And, you know, it was so scary saying that. But in the same time, I knew I was committing to something. You know, um, I was committed. And I knew that once I said it, I have to follow through what I said. You know, you know. Back in those days, we we had we had to have integrity. Whatever you say, you gotta follow through, mm -hmm. and finish it, and and do it. So it was one of the most scariest thing I said. I remember when I said it, my my legs was kind of shaking. You know, <sighs> put me in there. <laughs> I want to do it. But I've you know. So coming back to the point, I think you know ego is important if you're gonna be a fighter. So sure. nearly every gym's out there, sure. not nearly, all of the gyms out there, you can't say there's no ego. You know, it's just the matter of whether- To learn, to listen, you have to check your ego outside. That's the, it, But yeah. then to listen and learn, definitely check your ego, but to really get in that ring and fight, <laughs> the ego. Use that ego. <laughs> so in other words, you gotta use that ego yeah. on the right direction, you For know? Sure, 100%. So, yeah. You're a, you're a part of the golden era of 
say Muay Thai. Oh, back then kickboxing only. In yeah, the and, late and Muay Thai was still around. Yeah, but it was it was very big uh, kickboxing in Melbourne know, and in Sydney. Yes, 2000s. yeah. Um, what was it like back then you, with the likes of you know the McKinnon brothers, John Wayne Park, Greg Foley? What was it like growing up in oh, that era? Oh man, it was great. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they used to have the magazines back then. Yeah. So I used to Kickboxer. read it, and it was inspiring seeing those all those the greats. You know, mm-hmm. John Wayne Park, then Gurkhan Oskan, and Oh man, there's there's a lot of big names. I'm just having a mental block right now, but man, I could sit here forever. Darren Reese, mm-hmm. you know, from Perth. So nearly every city has their own yeah. um, big names, yeah. you know, and they fight all around the world. And it was awesome, you know, and it was inspiring. And I just wanted to be surrounded by those people. Yeah. And I was lucky enough, you know, to be training with one, which was Greg Foley, you know, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's just like what they say, you know, you it's hard to be a prophet in your own town. So us knowing Greg Foley as just a guy in the gym, you know, so nobody really kind of appreciated that. But, man, like to me, watching him fight as I started fighting, it was already inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, man, I, I try to do what he does and I'll talk to him, bro, how do you do this, how do you do that? And... Man, he was only 17 and he's fighting adults like 20 to 25 to 30 years old. And he was knocking them out yeah. at 17 years old. Yeah. You know, so this guy was a growing superstar. Mm-hmm. You know, so man, I was just like, he's just a kid to me. So I can just approach him and say, yo, man, can you teach me how to do this? Yeah. I know you're better. Don't beat me up. Mm-hmm. But teach me this. How do you do that? And man, he was, he was very approachable. So yeah, we just talked. And then as I started fighting... There was a handful of us fighters, so as always, like in every gym, you know, fighters will, will kind of hang out with each other to try and feed off each other, either strengths and, you know, um, weaknesses and try to, you know, turn that weakness into a strength mm-hmm. and then work on other stuff. But at the same time, still, you know, still go out there and mix with the general population of the gym so that we can inspire more people. For sure. So that's how we did it. It was good. And then seeing Greg fight all the time. And he was always, his fight were always on TV. Yeah. So. Back then, Fox, uh, Fox, Fox Sports. Fox Sports, yeah. Always, yep. And it was great, you know. So after the fight, we see in the Fox. And then we know it's live, so we always try to be in the background. <sighs> and then um, there's always like, they'll put a replay onto it probably for, for the next, you know, um, two weeks before another one comes. So nearly every two weeks, yep. there's, there's a fight, uh, Fox Sports a of show. Muay Thai kickboxing all around Australia, yeah. you know, so sometimes it's in Sydney, then it'll be in Melbourne. So when you see some fighters in Melbourne, I'm like, oh, that's the guy in the magazine. Oh yeah, Steve McKinnon, oh, that's the guy in, you know, in, in Castle Hill, Sydney. There was a good following back then. So like there'd yeah, be fans man. that'll come up to you a lot. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, different shows, right? Yeah, man, it was good. Like when, um, you know, like with me, when I was a fighter already, yeah, it was good because, uh, you know, back then there was no, so. camera in, on your phone mm-hmm. so it was like in all days where people would just come up and goes hey Reinhard can I get your autograph <laughs> and I'm like wow yeah man yeah. <laughs> and then and by the time I say yes they got a pen ready and a picture of me in the magazine I'm like alright yeah you know I'll, I'll take I always use the, the gym motto like take on the spirit of a warrior yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or just <laughs> when I'm shaking because sometimes they, they get you right after you walk down from the ring so you're a bit shaky and you're psyched up. You can't, 
you know, you can't put all your energy because you got it all there. And they're going, can you give me an autograph, please, and your name and your under your face? And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm shaky. I'll just say, spirit of a warrior, badass badara. Yeah, so yeah, it was good, man. It was good era. Tell us about your first world championship. When was that? What year was that? Then t- oh. talk talk to us about the lead up to to that fight because. Oh man, man, it doesn't come every often that you can be fighting for a world championship. Yeah, man. Well, man, I can I can see it for a long time with that, um, with my very very first world title fight, only because um, that year, well, I gotta admit that year was like one of the greatest years of my life. For sure. Two thousand and two, and early that year, uh, I I just realized to myself, you know what, man. I've been going out with this girl for a few years now, um, and I don't see myself with anybody else but her. Mm-hmm. I think she's she's the one. And I spoke to some people, some friends. I try to talk to my brother, usually Vaughn, because he's the next one under me, and he's kind of still too young. Yeah. You know, so I just came up and uh, you know I spoke to my brother. He's like, yeah, whatever you think. And I'm, so he's <laughs> not really into it. Yeah. It's too young. So I had chat with some of my my mates and they're like look man if you feel it and I knew I can feel it so I told myself hmm, okay this year how am I going to do it how am I going to propose to this girl the girl of my dreams yeah. and oh I'm a fighter I should do it in a boxing ring after a fight and I go that's it yeah. my very very last fight this year I will propose to her my very last fight so that was it I already knew what I was going to do I was gonna be a fighter. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was gonna propose in the, in the ring. ring. So, win, then, w- 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 like I, I want to ask you now: Would that have been win, loss, or draw? Or yeah, I, I told myself that. I, I knew that was already um, part of the process. You know, whatever the outcome is, I told myself already: win, lose, draw. I will propose to Christine just as long as I don't get knocked out. And even if I lose, and I get knocked down. As long as I don't get knocked out, yeah, 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 I will yeah. propose. Because yeah. a few things in my head like, oh man, if you lose, it's going to be kind of embarrassing, be embarrassing to propose. And I'm like, yeah, I was like talking to myself. I'm like, or if I lose, number one, if I lose and get knocked out, people will say, or Christine will say, you only propose to me because you're not in the right head. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah. you know? So I wanted to make sure that, you know, as long as I don't even go down for an eight standing count, you know, I, I, I was going to do it. Yeah. And I was very determined. So, and that year, that year, I remember, it was one of the greatest years of my life, you know, like, as, as a fighter in my career. Yeah. Every fight happened to be a title fight, you know, and yeah, it was, and, and I've won every single fight. I wouldn't lose. And then, <laughs> the last two fights, before the the world title, I actually lost, yeah, you know. Yeah. But for some reason, um, internally, I felt so. Um, what what do you call it? Internally, I felt so confident. Even though I lost the last two, yeah. I was still confident that I was gonna do well. Yeah. You know. So, number one, I. The first one was in the second of, um, I think, well, late October. That was my fight. I was defending my South Pacific title, and um, man, it was obvious. Like you can watch the fight; it was obvious. I, I was doing good. 
I was definitely winning every round, you know. And then on the third round or on the fourth round, we head clashed. When we head clashed, man, blood just started gushing out. It was right above my eyebrow. So it was a head clash. Usually it means that uh, you're supp after three rounds, you're supposed to just go through the decision, you know. But, you know, it is what it is right now. But I felt that back then they did me wrong because the, the referee says, I didn't see any head clash. That was from a punch. I go, it wasn't. But... They asked all judges, and all three judges said, nope, we didn't see it. And there you go. So they just they declared it as a loss, technical knockout. So I'm like, oh. That was one of the first time I lost in ages. So it was a big downer for my career. I was like, oh, man, how do I do this? Like, I was really angry at myself or at the situation. You know, I felt like they did me wrong. When I got the video back a few days later, rewinding it and playing it, I'm like, there it is. <laughs> I wanted to contest it, you know, but back then, you know, even even now, you contest the fight, you know, 90% or 99% of the time, they're not going to um, change the decision. Yeah, yeah. So I just moved on, but I was just angry. And then out of the blue, um, I just got a phone call a few days later saying, look, man, so usually by the Monday or the Tuesday, after the fight, they just came up to me going, we got a phone call from Queensland in the... Uh, in North Australia, and they just said, look, there's a fight in two weeks' time. Would you like to take it? And the offer was good. The money was good. Everything was good. And But back then, that whole year, I did nothing in Sydney except kickboxing. Mm -hmm. No knees, no elbows. Yeah. You know, but you know what? I'll do it anyway. I'm just going to do it because I'm angry and I just want to fight. You know? So I went... Two weeks notice, I still got a cut. Went and fight in, in Queensland. And, uh, mate, I got murdered. I got raped. This guy just <laughs> clenched and held me tight because they knew that I can punch and I can kick. Mm. You know, maybe the first round, I think I did okay and I maybe won the first round. But the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, he just tied me up. Yeah. I couldn't do anything, man. And I didn't know how to grapple. And that was only my second fight. In Muay Thai, my first one was in Perth um, the year before, and this, the guy did the exact same thing. I reckon they spoke to each other, going, "How did you?" <laughs> you know, the only thing is, I I just got lucky the fight before in Perth, my first Muay Thai fight, because I was getting beaten up. Yeah. But um, the killer instinct came, you know. So nearly every round, first round I knocked him down twice, um, fourth round I knocked him down twice, and I knew I could hurt him even though my whole body is bruised up and battered from the knees and the elbows and my, I'm getting lumps in my head. And um, I was just, I wasn't going to take uh, any losses in. I wasn't going to go home with a loss. And I knocked him out, you know, so that was it. So I was hoping it'll be the same fairy, fairy tale story yeah. in Queensland. I'm just going to go by, go by skills. I didn't do any homework. I couldn't, I couldn't grapple because I got a big cut. Yeah, yeah. So I went there and hoping the same thing would happen from that experience, but it was the opposite, you know. I literally got manhandled. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then, yeah, well, coming back to the world title, mm -hmm. after that, I had four weeks to prepare for my world title. And um, I lost the fight, but inside of me, I was so positive about it. I was like, I can do this. I'm, I'm feeling fit. I'm feeling strong. Yeah. 
the cut on my head wasn't touched, so it's gonna heal definitely in four weeks' time. You know, so I had two weeks. I got cut. I fought it two weeks straight away. You know, I still got stitches. It takes like almost a week before they took it out. I was already training. You know, and then when they took the stitches out, I only got like five days to go before I go to Queensland and fight. So I still did it, man. And uh, I was just really positive about it. Uh, my training, my preparation for that four weeks wasn't really the best preparation I've ever had. Um, there was a bit of complication in the gym. Yeah. Um, my trainer, my trainer back then didn't want me to fight. And um, so he didn't train me for it. But nothing could stop me because I, it's my last fight of the year. Mm -hmm. And I had to propose to my yeah, girlfriend. Yeah. So nothing was going to stop me. I have to do it. I already made a promise. If I don't fight now, when am I going to do it? Plus, you know, plus it's a world title fight, you yeah, know? Yeah. So there's a lot of complications. Um, my opponent back then was a little bit... Uh, there was a way in the system where, you know, you can fight a professional when you're not a professional and vice versa. So I was fighting a professional world champion with over... Um, back then for me, 30 fights was a lot. 30 fights or 40 fights was a lot. Yeah. So I was fighting someone who's a professional world champion. This is my first world title fight, you know. And I was stuck in the middle because is it an amateur fight or is it a professional fight? Because, you know, amateur, you got to wear headgear. But there's no headgear. Yeah. The rules were a bit stuffed up then, you know. Um, professionals gets paid. But I was kind of like an amateur, but I was getting paid. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was mixed. So I go, okay, um, if he's a professional world champion, why am I not fighting for his world title fight? Why this one, you know? And there was was a lot of complications and then more complications in the gym. Uh, I felt like I wasn't being trained. Uh, so, but my determination, I had to fight. I, um, man, five o'clock in the morning, I was running already. Wake up, my alarm, put it on, quarter to five. Five o'clock, I was already on the road running. The sun was still down by the time I finished my run. I'm already at home. Yeah. Um, do my shadow boxing in, in the backyard. I had no gym. That's so, what I was gonna say. So, because yeah. you didn't have, you didn't, you weren't being trained. What? How were you doing your training? Where were you? Just at home. I was just okay. doing whatever I got, you know. And there's another no thing. No pads. No pad work. No, no one can hold pads. Nothing. I mean, but you know, you can't sit there and just say, oh, but I don't have this. I don't have that. Man, if you really, really want it, yeah. you'll find a way. And I, I wanted to. Yeah. I just wanted to last the whole eight rounds back then. Yeah. You know, or, or is it 12? I can't remember, man. Kickboxing is different rules. And how long did it take for you to take him out in that oh, world championship? I took him out in the third round. In the third round. Yeah, but it was a lot of preparation mentally yeah. because, you know, there's a lot of things happening. And um, yeah, man, I've, I, I did what I can with what I had. You know, I didn't go out there crying because of... One of the preachers taught me back in church, you know, um, one of the times that they said, like, when David fought Goliath, you know, someone offered him others, other weapons. And he said, no, this is what I got. This is what I'm going to deal with. I've got a slingshot. That's how I'm going to wipe out Goliath. Yep. You know, they didn't go, oh, but he's got that and he's got this. I should have some of that. No, he didn't. So mm -hmm. with the preacher telling me that, it kind of hit my head like, okay. I'm not going to sit here and cry like I've got no gym to train at yeah. in a, during in the morning before I go to, before I go to work. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to wake up early, I'm going to go to bed early and um, 
I want to, number one, I'm going to run. Number two, I'm going to change my run on different days, sometimes with a vest, yep. with a 10 kilo vest or 20 kilo vest. Sometimes sprint one pole next to it and then jog the other pole. <laughs> different ways of jogging, you know, and then come back here, do some leg workouts, like walking ducks, duck walking, yeah. leapfrogs, all of that in the backyard. You know, I had to tie up, tie up my dog so it doesn't chase me and bite me and all that. And yeah, I'm just doing my shadow boxing, push-ups, jumping squats. Yeah. I just, I write my own program, yeah. you know. I just write my own program and I stick to it no matter how hard it got. And I made sure it was intense with not much, um, only 30 seconds rest. Yeah. So I think it was good practice because it literally disciplined me and conditioned me for what I was up against, yeah. you know, and it just made me more determined. So with, despite of all of those drama that's happening in, uh, around me, like, I feel like nothing could stop me. But, uh, you know, preparation wasn't the great. When I am in the gym um, in the afternoon, there was no pad work, you know, so I try to come in a little bit early so I can hit the bags before the floor gets used up for the classes. Mm -hmm. So I did all of that. And then three or four days before the fight, my coach back there just said, look, man, it looks like I couldn't stop you. You know, I told you I didn't want you to fight, mm -hmm. but you, you look like you're going to do it. And he goes, look, um, good luck, buddy, but um, I'm not going to come. I'm not going to be there. And, oh, man. You know, this is your coach. Yeah. This is your mentor. Your mentor, this is your... Like, you know, it felt like I can't do it without him, especially in a world title fight. Of course. This is when, for me, it just went bang. You know, I felt like I was building up a good momentum. Yeah. But three days before the fight, the Tuesday before I was going to fight on a Friday, he hit me up with that. And uh, How do you adjust with something like that? Where you've... You're, the person that you look up to and has always been there and he's not going to be there for your corner. How do you adjust, how did you adjust to that? Well, that time? I felt lost. Yeah. The first night on that Tuesday night, I felt lost. Mm -hmm. But, um, see, it's crazy that you even remember that it was a yeah, Tuesday night. It was very, it was, it's vivid, it's very vivid in my, yeah, sure. it's vivid in my, my memories. It's, you know, and, of uh, I don't know, man, um, I, and also what happened after that, like I met up with some friends like, hey guys, can I? Well, I called one guy and I said, can I, can I just have a chat with you? You know, um, I just need someone to talk to. And, uh, you know, I, well, I had my missus as well. My, mm -hmm. my girlfriend back then, I told her, can I talk to you? You know, and she kind of said something that I didn't want to hear. So I didn't want to take it out on her. I didn't want her to see the wrong thing. Because yeah. what she told me when I told her was, she goes, maybe you should pull out of the fight. Uh -huh. Maybe you shouldn't fight. Uh -huh. For the past four weeks, you weren't training as proper as you used to. You weren't getting any pad works. No. All you were doing was bags, shadows and bags. That's all you did. Yeah. There was no pads, you know. But yeah, you're fit, but there's no pads. There's no accuracy. There's no speed. There's no power on the things that you're doing. I go, mate. No proper training. You know, so she told me what I didn't want to hear. Yeah. Plus, I couldn't tell her, like, I'm going to propose to you, man, you know, so I couldn't tell her. So yeah. I just said, look, thank you for your feedback. And um, I'm going to go and talk to the boys, you know, yeah, and see yeah. what they say. So I called up my friends and we met up and yeah, I, we, we just, we had a talk. What do you think he's doing? Half of them are saying that I should pull out of the fight. It's not, you know, you should, you should pull out of your fight. It's not weak of you pulling out. You got many reasons. You got this, you got that. You got no coach, you got that, you know. But for some reason, I just went, you know what, man? This is something I gotta do. But 
I don't know, I was just really determined. And I don't know, when, when everyone left and I was back at home all by myself, I mean, there's nothing else to do but to pray, you know. Yeah. And um, I got down on my knees and I just looked up, you know, and I just prayed and, uh, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what decisions I should make, but uh, if you can please answer me and give me the answer in my whether in my head or in my heart, but as soon as I wake up tomorrow, I hope you tell me. I, I hope I really know what to do. You know, I'll leave it in your hands. You know, you know, may your will be done. That's it. Not my will, but your will be done. But my will is to fight. But it's up to you, God. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you tell me. Don't give me these little signs because I'm not good at picking up signs. Tell me in the most obvious way. And I left it as that. But the next day I woke up and I, I knew I was going to fight. But even then, before I went to bed, I felt like I knew I was going to make the decision to fight. So the moment I woke up, I'm like, first thing to hit the floor was my, my knees. And I got down and I said, God, you know, thank you that I woke up okay. I had a good night's sleep. And uh, what's the answer? And obviously, as always, there's no answer. But for some reason in my heart, I knew what to do. Went to work that day and already felt like I'm going to fight. You know, so I was determined to fight. I'm going to fight. But with three, three days left before the fight, you know, there's nothing else to do. Yep. There's no bag work, pad work. I just did shadow sparring. I went to a mate's house and he called me saying, no, don't come to my house. Let's go over here. To, there's a gym there. I know a gym here where they got a, it's a bodybuilding gym. They got the aerobic space there. And maybe we can use it and just, um, you know, do shadow boxing and I'll probably hold pads for you. And I'm like, all right. But obviously, um, this guy who's never had a single fight, he's just a good mate of mine. Yeah. He couldn't hold pads. So I just look, I just do my own training. Yeah. So I just did shadow boxing. And that's all I did. That's pretty much all I did. And I was determined to take the fight. And Friday night came, you know, I, I was determined. I was very nervous. And then I remember telling Vaughn, I go, Vaughn, I got a secret to tell you. And he's like, what's that? I go, Vaughn, if you tell anyone, man, I'm going to punch your head in, man. Don't tell anyone, all right? He goes, what? Just tell me. And I went, this ring, I'm going to propose to Christine. So as soon as the fight finishes, win, lose, or draw, as long as I don't get knocked out, all right? Win, lose, or draw, look for her in a crowd and grab her, all right? And tell her to come in the corner because I'm going to call her out. Um, just to say thank you, yeah. all right? And she's and Vaughn's like, oh, okay. And like, But don't tell her I'm going to propose, all right? Don't tell her. Don't tell anybody. He's like, oh, I won't tell anyone, man, I promise. I'm like, all right, cool. And then, yeah, the fight came. My focus was all about the fight, you know? And yeah, well, the rest was history. That's history. I knocked him out, called Christina out. And um, so, you know, my, my plans 12 months ago, actually came to life yeah, yeah. Um, it was just a coincidence or actually I should say it's not a coincidence it's more like um, a divine yeah. I don't know it's one of those things where it's all happened. it's all the stars were aligned right and I planned it right it happened to be um, live on TV yeah it happened to be um, a world title fight mm -hmm. and nowadays you know, like back then, it was the most scariest thing I did because not training for, I felt like not training properly for a long time, for four weeks for this world title fight, yeah. you know, but now I can use that 
as an um as an encourager to to my fighters mm -hmm. you know for sure. so yeah, man, it was it was a very good fairy tale story for me, and yeah. I proposed and I won the girl. You know, it was the best. You know, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, from there, you definitely you you know, opened up Full Force Gym. Yeah, I was always that. determined to open up. Like um, by then, I was already I had some friends, yeah. and uh, I think we started off on the weekends. Yeah, just like at the park or something. Yeah, in the park, mm -hmm. we you know. Um, we just start whole pads for each other. It started off as a just one on one with Christine, even though she goes to the gym with me. Yeah. But sometimes I hold pads for her, and then sometimes her friend will come, and then sometimes my friend will come. Yeah. And then before you know it, I'm just I'm buying equipments. Yeah. I felt like I was driven. I don't know what was wrong with me. Yeah. And like my week's pay, I will buy gym equipment, yeah. and I didn't even have a gym. I started buying gloves, focus pads. <laughs> tie pads forearm pads and all these accessories and christine's like why well, you got five of each yeah. and i'm like we need it for the park this weekend you know but yeah. and then christine was like tell them to buy it themselves <laughs> you know i'm like i don't know but what about for other people yeah. I, I don't know i was just it was like it was like it was just being planted in there yeah. for you just for you to eventually open up your own for some room. reason yeah, for some unconsciously reason, i think things, yeah I think unconsciously, bit bit. um, you're leveling up. Each yeah, time. it felt like you know, it felt uh -huh. now that it's in the past. Yeah, and you look I can see like I was doing it, I don't know why I was yeah. doing it, but I, f I think, um, I was called to do it. Yeah, for you sure. Know? 100%. And, and in that time of my life, in that you know, chapter of my life, it felt like God has called yeah. me to do it, you know, and uh, and as much as I didn't want to do it because. I love my full-time job. Plus, you don't know how to run a business. like a, Yeah, I'm not a business person. For sure. But for some reason, I was just unconsciously yeah, doing what I was called to do, uh -huh. even though, like, I don't know why. You know, so I just started buying things. And I did it. And then, um, yeah, and that gym, that gym that had the aerobics room, um, they saw us training. Yeah. And that same gym, a few months later, actually called me up and said, look, man, why don't you... Um, do you why don't you teach and I'm like I do teach mm -hmm. like I teach my friends in the park and strangers come in and ask to join and I let them join and one goes well why don't you bring those friends to this gym and why don't you use that little empty space there you know and I'm like okay that sounds like a good idea yeah. um, I'll do it you know so they approached me yeah. and you know like we left a few days then I approached them and then um yeah, like one thing led to another, and then we set up a date early January to mid January. Yeah. All right, let's do this. So I opened up Full Force Gym, no social media, but I just, I just literally made the effort to phone, made the phone call to every person. Hey, man, I've got this uh, potential to be my gym. Would you like to come down and do a class with me and my friends? Yeah. Come down. Um, it won't be the same without you. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Man, I was only expecting like 15 to 20 people. We had like over 50 people, yeah. you know, in in that one class. So I ended up doing two or three classes that night. Yeah. You know, it was it was the best feeling, you know, and it was good because um it was very memorable for me and as always, you know, families are very important and uh my brothers and my sister were there. Mm -hmm. They were there from from day one, mm -hmm. you know. Vaughn was there. 
holding pads and training. Michael was there and I always used them too for exam, for demos of how to do things and they're going hard and people are like, wow, we want to be like that. So it was good that like all these good things that's coming to me, it's also coming to my brothers and you know, the, the glory or the, the great feeling of like being in the moment, I'm sharing those moments yeah. with, with my brothers. And my girlfriend or my, my fiance by by then, yeah. so it was it was awesome man sharing all those things with my with my loved ones. Yeah, from yeah. that from the that that you know those those first beginnings, there's been a lot of great fighters that have come from those times from since oh, what were you two thousand three yeah. like Henry Ray Linfanti yeah uh, your brothers of course Concha Joe Concha yeah. Fred Sanchez and just to name a few. What's it been like, you know, being able to see people from, from the beginning, from the start of their careers and then to the fighters that they are now? Oh, man, it's, it's amazing how really, you know, if you really do, if you really do put in the time, yeah. you really get it, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, like when I f first opened up my gym, there was only three fighters, yeah. or maybe I should say only two fighters. Yeah. It was just me and my brother Vaughn. Mm -hmm. Michael was too young to fight. My... Well, he's not too young to fight, but my parents wouldn't let him. Yeah. You know, so Michael wasn't allowed to fight. So we we kind of like, you know, just training, but training him for a fight, even though he's not allowed to fight. And Michael had that one. And as a little kid superstar, he still had that ego. Of course. So even though he's, there's no dates or no fights um, addressed to him, he was training like he was fighting next week. Yeah. And and I love that. I love seeing that kind of attitude on um, students in the gym, you know, where there's no dates of when you're going to fight, but yet you're training hard like as if it's next week, you know, and that's the only way to be good and be better at something, mm -hmm. you know, like challenge yourself to be better tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know, and that's pretty much how we did it. And yeah, the early fighters like Vaughn Michael and Henry, Ray, Jude, all of those guys, yeah. you know, and um, they really wanted it and they, they, definitely did it you know they they walked the walk sure. you know so they they did it all and man you know um they all had their first fights few fights and then man i remember later on that year they already man offers of state titles east coast titles so it was good you know they they were there for the challenges and they wanted it yeah what's it like being a role model to a whole lot of these boys that come in uh, boys and girls sorry that come in and out of the gym uh, I, I've met a whole bunch of them for the time that I've been there. A lot of people have come to you um, during hard times in their life. So what, what do you, what's it like being an actual, you know, someone that a lot of people look up to and idolize and also uh, you're a great role model to a lot of people in the community? Well, um, the roles has changed. Uh -huh. um, when I was a fighter, I felt like back then because I was literally leading by example, um, as a fighter, yeah. you know, uh, when I was a fighter, yeah, I was a role model back then. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of young people back then who'd like to come and talk to me and other stuff. Yeah. So yeah, um, back then role model. Now at this age, you know, young people won't see me as a role model. They'll see me as a more like a coach, yeah. either gym coach or a life coach, um, you know, with all the experiences, even though I feel like, you know, I still got many, many more experience to to hit up, but uh, you know, 
but the wisdom is there. Yeah. You know, so I think they come to me for wisdom, but role model, that was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, Not um, fighting, but in life, in general, in general yeah, life, well, I, I know role model in, in fighting, yeah, 10, 15 years ago, but still, uh, I know a lot of people have come back even late, late night, early morning, they'll call you. I know. Yeah, well, I had a, yeah, like over the time from, even from the first moment I opened the gym. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a role model, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it was, I get a lot of that, man. Like being, I guess, being a coach in a fighting gym and having, being surrounded by a lot of young people. Yeah. And even like, you know, back then I was almost like one of the oldest, but I'm not, you know, because I was still young back then as yeah. well. You know, we're talking like 17 years ago because mm -hmm. the gym opened up 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, isn't that yeah. crazy to you thinking oh, yeah, 17 years? How? Oh man, it's crazy. I yeah. feel like because I, when I started when I was a chubby kid in like 07 or so, I remember, um, you know, through these years, each year pass, it will be winter already, and then I'll look at you and I'll go, Ren, it's winter again, you know, like how fast yeah. the years oh. are going. Yeah, yeah, it went real that. quick. Yeah. Blink of an eye. And I, I never used to understand it when they say it, but now... Three um, years and it's 20. Yeah, three years yeah. turned into 15 years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, going back to what we said, I get on many phone calls with this kind of job, you know. Uh, I, by the way, I don't see it as a job, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I love what I'm doing. But uh, in this kind of work, being um, one of the elders now, mm -hmm. you get many people who have a chat with you. And yeah, yeah um, uh, sometimes I gotta put on the hat of a coach. Sometimes I gotta put on the hat of a, a good friend. Sometimes I gotta put on the hat of a, a psychiatrist. Sometimes I gotta put a hat on of a motivator. Sometimes I gotta put on the hat of a marriage counselor. It's just, it's it's a great great job. I love it. You know, I, it's, you know, it's, like you gotta be, um, good with people with this. And um, mm -hmm. I'm blessed with, you know, surrounded by many people with all walks of life and uh, yeah man many people I get late night phone calls sometimes um, someone crying because this is happening <laughs> in their life I'll get a phone call or I'll, someone in the gym it's time to close I'm hungry and you know I'm just I just want to close the gym it's almost nine o'clock and you know I just want to go home and eat and see my kids before I go but there's this young little kid who's still there which it's pretty late for him to be there and yeah, he's yeah. crying yeah. and I'm like is everything okay this is a good example. Is everything okay? And he'll be like, I just finished high school. I don't know what to do with my life. My dad wants me to do engineering. My mom and dad wants me to do this. And I don't want to do it. And I'm like, man, what is it you want to do? I don't know. <laughs> so, man, that then I didn't, I didn't put on the hat of a career advisor. Yeah. But I just thought, you know, let, let's talk. And then um, he just said, look, man. I don't know what to do, but I definitely don't want to do what my dad wants me to do, which is to be an engineer. Yeah. And so I said, look, okay, um, what is it that you like doing? Well, back then he was teaching the kids' class. Yeah. And he was the only teach, uh, teaching the kids' class because we only had a handful of kids back then. Yeah. You know? And he was like, I love teaching the kids. I didn't know how good it was. And now, you know, seven months into it, I can only get better. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I like that. Okay, what else? What else do you like doing? And it's like, well, I like fighting, but I don't have the, the guts to fight at the moment, but I'm building into it. So he wasn't even a fighter back then. Yeah, yeah. And so I go, what else? Well, 
I like sports in general. You know, no matter what I did in sports, I was okay. Yeah. And I'm like, well, look, I did a few years ago the the certificate three and four and diploma to to do the um, to be a um, to get the certificate three and four for fitness. Yeah, yeah. I go and I actually learned a lot of stuff there, and it's pretty good. Um, maybe you should do it. It's only like a six weeks co um, course. But after the course, you, there's so many more things to do. Like, I think you got three months of assessment, so you won't get your certificate like that. And he's yeah. like, okay, I go, look, man, you should do it, man. Um, okay, I'll do it. And he did it. And w while he was doing this, man, I'm loving it. I feel like a, I'm a scientific doctor when it's about the body and the muscles <laughs> and all of this. And I'm like, see, I told you you like it. Yeah. And then um, anyway, when he finished the career, he goes, man, I don't know what to do again. So we're back to that again. My, my mom, it's almost February and I'm, my mom wants me to, to go do engineering, yeah. the course in, in uni. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, look, I don't want to, don't tell this to your mom and dad, but uh, what is it that you want to do? And he goes, I think I want to, I want to be a teacher. And I'm like, in what? I don't know, just a school teacher. Um, yeah. And apparently with this, courses that I'm doing and this I'm, the, I'm doing the diploma now like you did apparently with this diploma I can get into uni in the last minute and do so many stuff and it can lead up to be a, becoming a teacher yeah. I'm like wow I go look don't tell your mom I said this but uh, follow your heart mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I think you should follow your heart and he's like okay I'll do what you said no 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 don't do what I said follow your heart but don't do what I said <laughs> that I, you know like don't do it, man. If anything goes wrong, your mom and dad's going to blame me. And it's like, okay, don't worry. I'll follow my heart. And he did it. And his mom and dad's proud of him going to university. Um, I think he was doing some, some fitness stuff as well, but also to become a teacher. So, and then a few years later, I'm like, what is that you're doing anyway? And by then, he was already a fighter. Yeah. And he was unstoppable. You yeah, know, he, he was undefeated, for I think, for... 13 to 15 fights before yeah. he, he had his first loss. Mm -hmm. Undefeated. That's how good Joe was. Yeah, yeah. That, the guy I'm talking about yeah. is Joe Concha, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You know, from a little kid in the gym who became a teacher in a gym, like a kid's teacher, and then became a fighter and became a, a school. great fighter. Yeah, and yeah. then now until today, he's a school teacher, English teacher, maths teacher, I don't know what else. He's doing three or four subjects at school. Awesome fighter. And a world champion. Great person too. Yes, awesome. Now him, to me, at his um, at his point of his life right now, in his chapter, I think he's also a role model. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, like speaking of role models and people that you know, you um, people that looked up to you and you know looked at you as a role model. Who inspired you growing up? Uh, which fighters inspired you growing up? Fighters. Yeah, fighters. Oh man. Well, let's go back to the whole reason why I started Muay Thai kickboxing. Yeah. Van Damme. Uh-huh. And... Um, the action heroes. The action heroes, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it that. Was, it was mainly, yeah. Um, what's his name? Jackie Chan, Van Damme, and then Blade came out with... Um, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Wesley Snipes. So that was the year early, like late 90s. Yeah. Early 90s mm -hmm. and 2000. So... That was it. The blockbuster days. Go but blockbuster, get the real car. fighters now, if we're talking real fighters, well, um, John Wayne Pye definitely had to be there. Yeah. You know? And then 
back then it's, it's the current fighters back then I'm just reading the magazines the McKinnon brothers yeah. you know and and just the people that I know that I can I can reach out to um, it's crazy the the crazy it's what's crazy is that your, your relationship with them both now like the McKinnons and Wayne Paul like you guys are oh, tight we're, now yeah we're, we're, I mean? we're, we're mates now yeah. yeah it's crazy and yeah. like I, I know with Wayne Paul do you remember the first time we ever I don't know if that was the first time you ever met him but when we went to that Sydney Uni his seminar yes in like 08 or something yes. I, remember, I remember that and I remember seeing him and just like Ren, I'm like Ren, it's Wayne Park. I was That was contender, contender yeah, Wayne Park. Yeah. Like, Wayne Park, Wayne Park. And then I remember um, Michael had a little sparring session with him yeah. after. Man, those were crazy days. Now, like, go t- what, ten years or so down the track, yeah. you guys are tight, which is crazy. Yeah, that was good, man. Awesome. Ah, now that you said yeah. it, that was the first like the first time I've, I've met him many times before that. Yeah. Like, he was referee somewhere for the WMC and. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, that's John Wayne Park, yeah. you know? And he was like, he'll come near me and I'll, I'll introduce myself. I don't think he'll ever remember me back then. Yeah. I was a nobody, you know? I was just a fighter who I'm pretty sure many fighters approached him. And then I saw him in Queensland and I came up and shaking. He and sure being the cool dude that he is, he's always shaking hands. Always been such a humble yeah. guy. I remember from the first time. Very smiling. approachable, yeah. And same with the McKinnons, but I don't think they'll ever remember me, yeah. you know? Until... I felt like I started making a name for myself as a fighter, you know. And then, yeah, so in 2008, that time when he did a, the first time he did a demonstration or a, a fight seminar yeah. in Sydney, that's the first time I met him. And by then, you know, I'm the badass already <laughs> back then. So he had to know who I was, or I'm hoping so anyway. <laughs> he'll you probably, know. when he watches this, he'll be like, yeah, I kind of knew you. Yeah, <laughs> I heard of you somehow, somewhere. <laughs> But I, look, I just came up to him like a star star. I felt like a schoolgirl, high school girl. But you had to, act, at the yeah. same time, you have to act like it. not too much. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, what's up, man? But, yeah. But, but I, I was doing pads, bro. I remember oh, I was a kid and I just remember like, it's Wayne Pa, it's Wayne Pa. And then you were like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, you were trying to, you know, I was trying, trying, to, act trying, cool, to, act cool, trying to act cool, but really all yeah. of us were like, oh, this guy, contender. Oh, this guy's a superstar. Days, seven yeah. contender days. That was the days, man. But, and you know he's still the same person as he is. He was he's always been approachable. He's still going, and he's God, still signed. I, I follow him a lot, so I, I follow him, and he's just signed that contract with one. But yeah, one FC quarantine's yeah. kind of put that on hold for now. But yeah. it's crazy, like thinking oh. about that and just really, um, yeah. So Ren, you know, with quarantine happening right now, when it's all over. Um, what are your future plans going forward? Oh, well, Do you have many big plans? Number one, I'm just excited to get back into it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, well, my quarterly plans. You know, every three months I'm making new plans. Yeah. You know, new future and you know, twelve months plans. But uh, at the moment, man, it's just back to the old drawing board. Yeah. And it's it's kind of hard to make proper plans at the moment because there's no set date of when the gym's going to open it's going to be hard to you do know? shows as well if you yeah shows. so well for me that's the first thing because uh for you promote that, we, promote we got that. some you know we got this one-time contender yeah, happening yeah, yeah. where you're a first timer mm-hmm. someone who's never been into a, yep. to a gym before has never mm-hmm. fought three months later we promised them we're going to give them a fight yeah yeah so you know and we're going to train them so i have to set up a date for that yeah hopefully and you're hopefully it gets you know, yeah so government 
eases restrictions so that you can actually do that this year. If not, I'm sure you'll be able to get it done by next year. Yeah, well, no, I have to get, it has to be done this yeah, year. Hopefully, hopefully so, everything eases up for that. Yeah, well, look, there's a lot of um, small plans and big plans down the pipeline, but um, there's no dates set yet because there's no date set of when we're not allowed to open up the gym. We're eagerly sitting here waiting for the government to give us a green light. Yeah. But once that light is up, man, we're going to yeah, be straight on. It's going to yeah, be just straight onto sure. the gym and straight into work and uh, follow everything on my, my plans on my list, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So, and start ticking things off the box. But uh, I think for now, number one is the first few weeks is just to call all of our students. Yeah, you know, and sure. and just call them up saying, "Hey, we're back. Get back. Yeah, yeah come back. I'm sure back. you won't even need to do that much. You just put a few posts. Everyone's hanging to get back into the gym because they're crazy just being at home. Mm. But um, yeah, I, hopefully that's sooner than later in the next yeah. few months. But yeah, um, you know, just see how we go. But um, in the meantime, you know, I'm trying to make the best of every situation. Yeah. So right now, I'm just gonna be here um, with my kids. Yeah, that's it. Sure. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap it up there, Ren. Uh, I yeah. really want to thank you for, you know, <laughs> without hesitation, saying yes to this. Um, I know, thank you for telling us how you started. Hopefully, yeah. you know, my, my whole thing with this, with um, Start Somewhere Media is you never know which kid from maybe in Philippines that'll be watching this, they'll get inspired by your story to yeah. actually follow his dreams and actually start to f train and then fight just like yourself and then open up his own gym one day. So that's, de that's the... Um, the epitome or the essentially what starts some immediate is but yeah. i want to say thank you and i want to also give you your props for all the years that you've actually you know been in my life and you know tell me what to not tell me what to do but like you know really kind of guiding me at the same way as um as a older brother and a mentor to me so i want to thank you for that as well bro. welcome <laughs> you're welcome thank you so guys thanks for watching um uh, another episode of word from home we had reinhardt badass badado you can follow him on full force gym blacktown on facebook and instagram and at reinhardt badado and you can f watch us on subscribe on youtube at start somewhere media and on instagram and facebook if you guys watch if you guys did like that episode definitely follow and we'll have more for you thank you what you do